Hello, this is Bevelizing Eyes, and welcome to Poetry Unraveled, featuring poets worldwide where we uncover the rawness of our inch words that reveal hidden truths, turning the human experience into moments of appreciation and bits of wisdom. Let's start unraveling. Welcome back to Poetry Unraveled. And today we are going to discuss with a poet from Sacramento, California. His name is Allison. Hi. Hi. Did I pronounce your name correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, I met him through Instagram and I've been following his um, content for a while and I really like the style of poetry. You should really check out his channel. He has it in like text message form, which is really unique. But yes, we are going to have him talk about the inspiration behind his poetry and the themes that he usually goes for. And then he's going to recite a poem for us. So um, Elson, you can go ahead and um, explain the name of the title or just recite it however you'd like. Okay, Uh, thanks. So this poem is called um, All You Have to Say. I will eat your music and bathe in your voice and heal your childhood and drink your skin and smoke your skeletons and hug your memories and dance in your lips and sleep in your palms and kiss your fractures and burn your anxieties and wear your breath and kneel in your light and sing your soul and write poems in your bones. You just have to say, I'm ready. Perfect, thank you. So when I had first read that poem, I was like, wow, like this is, I, first of all, I really like the rhythm behind it yeah. um, because it's very soothing to hear. And then on top of that, you use all of these, you know, active verbs that we use in everyday life, but you completely apply it to something that you wouldn't really put together, right? right. And that just creates a lot of great juxtaposition and also a lot of different um, ideas. Like for example, drink your skin, you know, just reading that on like the first layer, it sounds really weird, but to me, it sounds like more intimate than that. Right. And, you know, I really like it when poets are able to kind of paint a certain picture with like words that don't really go together. But like, if you look for a a deeper meaning, like it's there underneath the layers. Right. So what do you think the inspiration is behind this poem? Is it about someone currently in your life or from the past? You know, um, there's a, I I think in every relationship, there's a, there's a point where one or the other is kind of nervous about taking that step forward. You know, maybe they've been hurt before and, you know, don't want to get hurt again or, or whatever the case is. And, so this is kind of me talking to that moment. So not necessarily a specific person, but, you know, um, inspired definitely by, you know, my, my wife and our early relationship and also other relationships where I think the other person was just scared to take that step. And so this is kind of a poem of, you know, saying you just, you just got to say you're ready and I'll, and I'll help you with these things. You know, this is what I'm going to bring to the table. Um, so that that's kind of what the inspiration for the poem was. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's, it sounds more like a devotion or, you know, even like, um, what's the word? What are those things that you do at a wedding? A vow. A vow. 
vow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a vow. And um, honestly, it could even be said at a wedding. Um, it's, you know, that poetic. But yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think any girl would die to like hear their boyfriend <laughs> or man say this to them, you know? Yeah, thank you. So um, what are the ranges of themes that your poetry focuses on? I focus on love a lot, um, but, and I, I think that my perspective on writing and maybe poetry in particular is the, the point of it is to connect to other people and, you know, make them feel part of something bigger, that they're not alone, that they aren't go through the, going through things on their own or that people haven't gone through before. And usually love is kind of the thing that connects all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's not just, you know, falling in love, it's the loss of love, it's when you had it and it's now gone, when someone's passed, it's love between friends, it's love, you know, for your child, it's, you know, it's love for reading, it's love, I mean, there's so many things that, so many ways that love, I think, um, plays a role in how humans see each other and how we connect. Um, and so my desire when I'm writing poetry usually is to tap into something about love, but also connect to other people um, to make them feel like, you know, they're not alone in whatever it is they're going through. Right, Um, and I definitely agree with you that there's so many different angles that you can um, approach love because it's more than just romantic. There's platonic and there's the kind between families and a passion for something. There's so many different types of love and all of them you know, impact our lives um, in different ways. So yeah, I definitely agree. I I feel like um, whenever I scroll through Instagram, the kind of love poetry I see, it's mostly having to do with heartbreak. And of course, that's a very easy topic to talk about because there's so much pain that you can inspire to write about. Um, But yeah, no, I think attacking all different angles definitely um, is a better way to connect with different people. Right, exactly. And would you say that you're more drawn to that specific theme of love or is there another theme that you find yourself drawn to write about? You know, I like, I like the, the idea of human relationships. Um, I think human relationships are probably the most difficult thing that we do. They're hard to get right and they're hard to keep going. And again, it's not just romantic. It's, um, I've got poems that I write for my daughter who's three or four, you know, and talking about that relationship and, um, you know, relationships I have with coworkers or uh, friends, you know, or, or, or my mom or, you know, whoever else. Um, and I think that the, uh, the media, the medium of Instagram, like you mentioned, you're kind of scrolling through it. There's a lot of stuff that sounds similar that's related to heartbreak. Um, but there's levels of heartbreak, right? There's there's the person you've broken up with. There's a person you love who doesn't love you back. There's when your parent dies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to explore those like different levels of um, human relationships, not just strictly, you know, love relationships or even more specifically the falling in love part or the breaking up part, which is I think what a lot of people write about. Mm-hmm. And I write about those things too, because I think those concepts are universal, but I try to get at um, exploring uh, different types of human relationships and the different parts 
and steps in those relationships too. Um, so that's kind of what I try to tackle anyway. Mm -hmm. What theme do you find really hard to write about? Um, grief is a hard one for me. Um, you know, for, you know, I think that all of us, if we've, if we've lived on the earth long enough, we, we have things that happen to us that are, um, you know, devastating. You know, I, I like to call them, um, like in, in, is it physics? No, it's some kind of science. I don't know what the term is, but, uh, there's these things called singularities, um, where events happen and the world changes forever. And I feel like we all have those singularities in our life and they're hard to write about, you know? Um, and so, but I find that when I do access that kind of darker part of myself and write about grief, um, people tend to be more engaged with those than, um, than maybe some of the lighter, you know, funnier um, pieces that I write. Um, and I think it's because if I'm having trouble accessing that part of myself, I imagine, you know, as a writer who, as writers and artists, we tend to be more in touch with what's going on in ourselves or thoughts and our emotions than maybe others. And if it's hard for me to connect to my, to that darker part of myself, I can imagine how much harder it is for, for other people too. So for them to, to see something in their feed that kind of speaks to something difficult that they're dealing with or that they went through. Um, I think that's what makes those interactions worthwhile. Um, is when I'm able to write something like that and it connects with people. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, I experienced a lot of loss all in the course within six months, a lot to handle for someone who never experienced any type of grief. Right. And my outlet was to write because really therapy and talking to family and friends didn't really do much for me. But writing was such a great outlet and it didn't, you know, come to me as poetry before it used to just be just little random writings kind of journal entries um and then it and it evolved more into poetry afterwards but um I realized that that kind of um writing and when I shared it like you said a lot of people were able to connect and relate and right. I feel like for people that don't write that often they probably don't even have the right words to express what they're even feeling. Exactly. And then yeah. I had just written this one poem and I had multiple people in my, um, you know, DM saying, oh my gosh, I feel like that was meant for me. Or, you know, I'm exactly feeling that right now. How did you feel what I was feeling? You know, it's like crazy that someone I haven't even met across the glo globe is like experiencing the exact same things. And that's how, you know, you know, these grief emotions are universal and sadly we have to go through them, but I feel like it was better for me to share it than to just keep it to myself because I didn't know who I was helping along the way. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of those experiences too. And, you know, when you're as a writer, you're kind of sitting in your own grief mm -hmm. and you see that something that you've written has helped somebody actually makes you feel a little better right even right. even if it's just for a moment or, or a little while um but um you know we've all had we've all had that experience of you know reading a book or a poem or listening to a song or watching you know a tv show or a movie or something where 
you know, we just break down and because it speaks to something inside of us that maybe we're too scared to access ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think like what you described is um, what's great about kind of the Instagram poetry community is there's so many, there's so many people out there kind of putting, putting their, you know, deep thoughts, their, you know, their, their secrets and the things that maybe we would normally keep hidden, putting it out there for people to see. And there's so much connection happening. It's really beautiful. And even those like quick DMs and, uh, you know, little comments where someone says you really helped my day, um, you know, those go a long way and it's really important. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So behind your inspiration, what do you consider a type of thing that you go towards too? So like if you're experiencing writer's block, what do you do to help you get back into the writing zone? Yeah. Uh, thanks. That was a good question. Um, so I had a writing mentor <laughs> who told me that when, um, when we're, when I was, exp when anyone's experiencing writer's block, we have to remember that writing is kind of an act of discovery, right? We don't, we don't show up to our word, you know, our word processor or our pen and paper, however we write, knowing exactly what we're going to say, mm -hmm. you know? So the, he, he, would, he, he would say that writer's block isn't actually a thing. Like writer's block is just the writer kind of being scared of approaching the blank page or the blank Word document. And that what we should do is have something in mind and then write to it. So like if I was writing a poem and I had the idea for an ending of a poem, right? I would write that ending on the page, look at it, and then write to that you know, write towards that ending. Mm. Or if I was writing, um, you know, I write flash fiction as well, you know, like short prose. Um, you know, if I have an ending for that, I write the ending down. Like it doesn't need to be perfect. And then I come up with, how do I get there? You know? And so I think like those little techniques are ways to, to get out of, out of the writer's block mindset. Um, the other thing that I, I like to do, and this, you know, people think this is weird, <laughs> but I'll actually copy down someone else's poem, you know? So I might go on Instagram and if there's a, a poem I like, I'll, I'll write the first four lines exactly as the other poet wrote it. And then I'll continue it in my own way, you know, but at least I got a jump start on something. Um, and you know, of course not post it or, or publish it with the other person's words, but at least it's getting me to a place where I'm writing towards something, right? And I think that's the writer's block mindset is we think that we need to approach the page with something already great to write down. And because we're scared of that, we tend not to write or say that we have writer's block. So the idea of writing towards something or to something is usually the way I get out of that. Those are really good ideas. Um, I honestly never even thought to do either of those because <laughs> I feel like um, it's very true what you said about, you know, a, a writer will try to attempt to write something and they want to write it perfectly, first try, no mistake. Yep. Right. <laughs> and because of that, you know, you're, you're scared to fail, so you won't even start at all. Right. And then you'll just be you know, it'll be one week of writer's block that turns into months because you're free <laughs> to pick yep. up that pencil and start writing. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I've been in a little bit of writer's block myself, like on and off, but I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's just because I'm expecting such high expectations the first time and I don't want to let myself down and write something that I'm not proud of. Exactly. But yeah. I think to just not do it at all, you're failing already. You might as well write something and, you know, improve on it. Um, I like the idea of looking at another poem, gathering inspiration from that one and, you know, make it in your own. I think right. it's a good way to start because at least you don't have to think it was sometimes my problem is like I don't even know what to write what do I want to yeah, write about exactly. <laughs> I feel like all right I've been writing a lot of lovey-dovey stuff I want to break away from that like what do I uh -huh. write and then it's like oh, I don't have an idea oh, all right I guess I won't write today so <laughs> yeah no I know I, I've, I've been there lots of times I mean something else that has worked from that was suggested to me before that works is you know like headlines like you take a headline from you just Google a random, you know, random thing and, or, you know, go to Google and just randomly Google something and whatever the first kind of news article is, you take, you take the headline from it and then just start writing a poem after you've written that line. You know, cause I think the idea of having to think of something to write, like you said, you don't know what you're going to write is daunting. So if you have something that's already been written for you um, and then you can just continue from there it's a nice little trick to kind of get you out of, um, to get anybody out of that writer's block. Right. And I think also like, I, I get really tired of writing over the same thing. There's only so many ways I can express heartbreak. You know what I mean? Like sure. I'm getting, you know, too many idioms or the same metaphor over and over again. So um, what I like to also do is I look up writing prompts and there's people that post them for the whole month. So for right. you know, today's date, it could be completely different. And something that I didn't even think about, it'll be very specific. And I'm like, wait, that's a great idea. So I think, you know, all these tips that we're discussing, you know, will definitely help the, our listeners to um, figure out different ways to get around writer's block. Because I feel like we all go through that at least once or twice. Yeah, the prompts are great. And prompts are great for writer's block too, I agree. And um, what would you suggest to someone that wants to, um, you know, help with their creativity or their poetry in general? Like what are some tips that you would um, give them? The first is something that we've kind of talked about and it's not to be too hard on yourself when you're starting to write or you don't know what to write about so you just don't write because we're scared of writing something that's crappy or whatever. There's a lot of writers and poets who say we have to write, we have to write a bunch of crap before we can start writing good stuff, you mm -hmm. know? And I think the expectation that we're supposed to be, you know, these superb writers, the first time we're trying to write a specific poem or something, you know, that's the biggest thing that prevents us from eventually writing something great. You know, it's kind of that own, our own uh, expectation and being scared of it. So we, we just don't do it. Right. Um, in terms of the creativity aspect, you know, I'm actually not really a, a poet by trade. I kind of fell into poetry. I'm actually, um, I have studied uh, fiction writing. That's kind of what my background is in. So the way that I approach my poems is, I think is a little bit different, I think, than other people, which is that I, I want to tell a full story in as little words as possible. Um, and so from that perspective, you know, the creativity aspect, there's for a story anyway, which I also use for poetry, is very formulaic to start out with. You know, you have a person or a character or a narrator or somebody who wants something 
they can't get something, they can't get what they want. So what happens? And then how does that transform them? You know? So um, sometimes in my poetry, those stories are not fully on the page or kind of suggested. So for example, like the poem I read today, um, and then you can imagine that this person is speaking to another person. We don't know who that person is, but they're telling this person this poem because they want them to continue the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's clear from the speaker's voice that the other person who's being spoken to is hesitant. Otherwise, the poem wouldn't even be necessary. So what I would hope is that when the, when the reader is done either listening or reading that poem or listening to that poem, they're kind of imagining the story about what happens next. You know, maybe it's in their own life. Maybe they're in that spot themselves, or maybe, um, you know, they're, they're imagining a fictional couple uh, that this is happening to. Um, and so when you, when you approach it from a storytelling perspective in that way, the creativity, you know, is just kind of, it starts off kind of paint by numbers, actually, you know, it's not this big muse inspiration that comes out of nowhere and strikes you in the head or strikes you in the heart. It's, you know, you have a character a narrator that wants something and they can't get it. So what happens? Right. Uh, so that's, that's how I approach most of my poetry. Um, it's not a big, like I said, this big inspiration that comes over me. And then I'm like, got this great poem in like five minutes. It's not usually how it works for me. Um, but I know that when people often talk about creativity, it's kind of this nebulous thing that kind of floats in the air and just strikes you when it strikes you. Right. That's not really how it works. I don't think, you know, I had a, another, a friend who said that the writer is a person who shows up at, at the desk or at their, at their notepad at, at their scheduled time for that day and writes even if it's even if it sucks or mm -hmm. sits there and thinks of it even if they don't get anything on the page right and i think it's that commitment to to keep trying that ends up leading to great writing great poetry yeah no i i really like that approach that you have i haven't heard any poets that i've interviewed so far that they take that kind of approach but i feel like that definitely leads a lot of opportunities to very different type of poetries and themes and you know I I personally want to try it out myself because that sounds like a a good way to start um could you explain also um your method of formatting your poems on Instagram just so like our readers have a better idea yeah so in the so <laughs> it's kind of a it's uh, well, anyway, my I have a friend and coworker. Uh, I'll give her a shout out at KM Crane, who who introduced me to Instagram writing and poetry I think two and a half years ago. And I had this great idea that I was going to do poems between people who were texting each other. Right, so you wouldn't know what their names were. They would just be these characters in my head, and one one poem would be this person texting the other person and then the next poem would be the person texting back um then after I think after like five my first five poems I realized it was going to be hard to keep that up so I just didn't change it <laughs> um so there was no like big kind of creative uh I mean there was a, originally a creative thought behind it 
but I just kind of kept it up and I've been keeping it up ever since. I think, I think partially in my head, the text format is something that people are used to. Yeah. Um, it's something that's readable. Um, you know, I think that sometimes you probably know, know this too, when you're scrolling through your feed, you'll get these, you'll see these poems that are, I don't know, like a thousand words long and they're in the smallest font you can possibly think of. <laughs> and do you ever stop and read those? Probably not. I mean, like we, unless it's, uh, unless it's somebody that you know, exactly. you work, you'll stop and read it. But if it's not someone that you're too familiar with, you just scroll past. So kind of the text format, um, you know, again, it's something people are used to. So hopefully you'll have them stop and read it because it's something that they have seen before. But it's also a good constraint for me. Like I actually, the way I do those is I actually text myself um, and then I just screenshot them. But within a text thread, um, there's only a certain number of uh, words or letters that you can get on one screenshot. And so yeah. I have to have the constraint of being able to finish my poem in that space. And I think that helps me not to overwrite yeah, uh, if that makes sense. So it ended up kind of working out, um, but my initial intent and the way it ended up are completely opposite, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean because um, just because of how Instagram is formatted, you can only have a certain amount of space. So I think that's why people end up making their text so tiny so it can have the whole poem or they'll end up doing those slideshows where they post you know, right. the, the second part on the second slide and, you know, people don't even scroll through those. Um, right. But because you're forced to only use, you know, the limited amount of space that you have, it allows you to be more concise and also be more creative in how to say what you're trying to say with less words. So it's a challenge, but it also works. Right. Exactly. Um, I really, I'm looking at one right now in your feed and I like it because this is the one that you're talking about where you have two people communicating. It says, dear past self, things will be all right, love present self. And then the reply was, dear present self, actually things are going to be spectacular, love future self. So I love that. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of people loved it too. Um, I really like the idea there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I had a few of those like that. I think every, you know, I've been doing this for, like I said, almost three years. So I think there have been moments where I'm like, I'm gonna use this text format a little bit better. And so I, I think there were a few where I had my past self texting my future self. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of them. I may have archived or deleted the others, but um, yeah. So it's for, for something like that, it, it works It works very well, I think. Right. Yeah. And I can say that you are the only poet that I currently follow that has this kind of theme going on, this, this um, formatting. So I think that alone makes you very unique to the community because it's the kind of poetry style that we haven't seen before. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, might be attracted to your work just because of the way you format things. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, we're talking, you know, about writing and poetry, but like, you know, we can't really dismiss the, the kind of the, the branding part of it, you know, yeah. like, you know, and so, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the accounts kind of kind of meld together, right? They kind of look alike. They look alike, um, yeah. and I think that's partially why I decided to keep it going. Was um, I didn't see anybody else doing that 
Um, so I just was like, okay, well, maybe it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> maybe people think, you know, there's actually somebody I'm texting. Cause I've had people message me like, who are these text messages for? I'm like, well, that's not really what I'm trying to do anymore. Um, but you know, like, like I was saying, it's unique. I think, you know, it's me when you see it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely keep it going. Cause I think you're probably the only person I'm seeing do this. So I really like it. Thanks. Um, so yeah, those are my questions. Thank you so much for joining this episode. Could you tell our listeners where they could find you and if you have any upcoming projects or, or literary works that you want to share? Yeah, thanks. Um, so Instagram is at Ellison Writes. It's E-L-I-S-O-N Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, my Twitter is the same handle. Um, I have a website, um, ellisonalcobendez.com, which I won't spell, but it, you can find it on my um, uh, my bio and my Instagram uh, profile. Um, there'll be links there to um, a lot of other writing that I've done that's been published, um, short stories and essays and uh, of course, poetry as well. Um, I am working on uh, self-publishing a poetry book called The Evolution of Love, which I'm hoping to have out next month. The idea was to have it in time for Valentine's Day, but that may not work. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Um, I will be, I think there's a couple of writing and poetry workshops that a friend and I will be um, putting together later this year. So if you um, just visit my website regularly and, and look at the events section, um, that should be um, where you can find the updates. Um, but I'll also post it on Instagram when it happens. Uh, other than that, I think that's, that's it. Perfect. So thank you so much for um, joining our episode. I think that you brought a lot of value to the podcast and a lot of great tips. And I think our listeners are definitely going to um, take on, on those to help themselves write better. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. thank you for listening into Poetry Unraveled. Subscribe to my channel to keep up to date with new episodes. If you like what you heard, I would appreciate your rating. Until next time, I'm your host, Bubba Eyes.